what physician doesn't want to spend more time with patients and less time on paperwork? Join the One Medical Team in the Bay Area and go all in for better primary care. In partnership with UCSF, we're on a mission to transform healthcare for all with a focus on meaningful time with patients and our own technology to simplify the workday. Most providers enjoy a flexible four-day work week with no weekends, no call, and no patient quota. Visit onemedical.com careers to learn more and to apply. I've confronted hundreds of men over two decades. I have been in television for 24 years. I just came to get something to eat. And I have very seldom been at a loss for words. I just came to get something to eat. Men online looking for children to sexually assault. What's the motive here? It's, Explain it to me. I'm no, not you're right. No, you're right. It's stupid. It's, it's not. It's an no. illegal thing. Yeah, I know. I did a stupid thing. Men from all walks of life. A doctor, a teacher, a clergyman. You sent pornographic pictures through the mail. Okay, that's a federal offense right there. You know I'm in trouble, and I know I'm in trouble. I tried to get into their heads and understand why. Who we have tonight? Uh, I, I, I want to know who you are. I want to know a little bit more about you first. Now you first. Sure, go ahead. Let's see if any of this sounds familiar while you enjoy your pizza. And ultimately, make sure they face justice. You ask her if she's a virgin. I ask everybody all kinds of stuff. It's just talk. You ask her if she's horny. What's wrong with that? You ask if she does anal. It's a question. Question. Who are they? Have they tried to prey on other children? And where are they now? These are the predators I've caught. I'm Chris Hansen. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real with you for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better? You really can do it, but nobody is going to do it for you. Nobody is going to push you out of bed to work out. Nobody is going to make you eat better. But here's the thing. Nobody has to. Because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. Two and a half million people, each doing the Beachbody program that fits our own goals. Over 80 to choose from. Some that take just 20 minutes a day. Nutrition plans that teach you how to eat healthy and still enjoy food. What we all have in common is we know it's not easy. So we help each other. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. That's why I'm inviting you to try our amazing Beachbody fitness and nutrition programs. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. There were so many interesting and compelling things that happened in our Fairfield, Connecticut investigation. It's hard to pick which one sticks out most. One of the observations I have, however, is that typically in these investigations, while there are more predators looking for girls than there are looking for boys, it's closer to even in Fairfield. It was even more lopsided than that. I would say 90% of the predators I caught were looking to meet young girls and only a few were looking to meet boys. One of them was a 28-year-old named Jesse Velez. And Velez sticks out in my mind for a lot of different reasons. One, he 
was one of those guys during the interview, the confrontation in the house, I just couldn't break. He wouldn't give it up. He did a little bit when I confronted him with a picture of his penis saying, ooh, surprised, trying to act surprised. And I'll get to all that in just a minute here. But he he was going to go down defending. What he did is something that was not a good look, but he was never going to actually have sex with a 12 or 13 year old boy. I don't believe it. Let there be no doubt in this case that he had every intention based upon the evidence and the transcripts, which I'll get into in a moment, of violating a child. Now, in Fairfield, we worked with the Fairfield Police Department, with which I had worked before, fine department, very professional. And we didn't, in this case, have perverted justice. You may know that. This investigation we did on our own in 2015, October, and ultimately, it ran as a series on Crime Watch Daily, which was a syndicated crime show I hosted for a couple of years. Good show. Just got out of sequence with the networks, and and it had a good run. Did very well in the numbers and all that. But, you know, sometimes these things move along, and it did. But the predators I caught in that particular investigation live on, as you probably know. And Jesse Velez is at the top of that list. So, Jesse is on Grindr. And this is ironic because he also, at the time, said he was managing a Dirty Mike's sub shop, which served Grindr's. I don't know why that's entertaining to me, but even in this serious and dark world of catching predators, some of these things are somewhat ironic. So, Jesse is 28, and our decoy, who went by the name of Jason got a grinder account just at the beginning of the investigation. And literally within hours of Jason getting this account, he gets hit on by Jesse Velez. And the conversation is unmistakably sexual, unmistakably aggressive, and very graphic. And Jason says, right that he's 12 or 13. Now, you know, there are some issues here, obviously, because you're supposed to be of age to go on Grindr. But that's the point of this, that even identifying yourself as being 12, almost 13 on Grindr shows that virtually anybody can beat the system for some period of time and beyond there. So if you were a kid who was experimenting, who was curious, you could be on there. And you could become a victim of a predator. And that's what happened in this case. Now, Jason in real life, at least on site, was a decoy. The on-site decoy was an explorer scout student who was affiliated with the Fairfield Police Department. And he was 18, I believe, at the time. Looked younger, but in the course of the investigation... It was a little edgy to try to make the predator believe that he was only 12 or 13. He was taller. I mean, it worked. And he did a great job. I mean, he was put into a difficult position. And it it was interesting because as the investigation played out, the female decoy, who was a college student, a theater student at a nearby university, 
was getting all the attention and all the the action in terms of work, and it was only on a couple of occasions that our Neil Decoy was put into action. But he did a pretty good job, and he actually came up with some iconic line uh, that some of you may remember, and I'll get into that in a bit. Going back to the investigation, we worked with a group of online decoys called Tetrid Core, and some of these people had worked with perverted justice in the past, and I had asked them to be a part of this new investigation because perverted justice was no longer in existence. People had gone on to do different things, Dylan Frag, Xavier, etc. So that just wasn't an option for this investigation. But some of them were still around, some of the volunteers, and uh, very good with their work. And it was a little different because we didn't have the infrastructure that Perverted Justice had. We had to use the Tetrid Core transcripts as they came in. And in the beginning, it was a little disorganized. It was just, just difficult to get everything into one place. And we had had a system we thought we'd have in place with another company, and it didn't really work out that well. So we did the best we could. And as the investigation went on, we were getting a pretty steady flow of accurate transcripts. But in the Jesse Velez case, I didn't have every word in front of me from the exchange between Velez and the online decoy. I had the picture that he'd sent in, in a few lines, so it was enough to go on. How you doing? Good. Velez walks in. Oh, chilly out. And he's suspicious. He's been chatting with this boy who is told him he's 12, almost 13 for about a week. And he parks a little ways from the house and we can watch this on the camera. And he's coming in, he's got these bright orange shorts on and this Jurassic Park t-shirt, short hair, about 5'10". And he comes in and right away, he's got this discussion with the on-site decor, the police explorer. And it's tense, anxious. Velez is worried that he's walked into a bad situation or at least a situation where he's going to be caught. The decoy is trying to get him to sit down in the kitchen. And it's, it's uncomfortable, to be honest with you, to watch it. But even with the alarm bells that were going off in Velez's mind, he still pursued this boy even though the boy looked to be a little bit older than 12 or 13, even though he showed some discomfort about having a stranger into his home, he stayed. Even when he saw something suspicious, and I'll get to that in a moment, but listen to the exchange, if you will, when Jesse walks in and first encounters our outside decoy, Jason. I you that. My house is your house. Wanna come in? Come in. Want a water or something? No. This first time I went to the Yeah? Yeah. It's kind of nervous. Nervous? I know I am too. Where are your parents at? They went away. And then Velez asks, obviously suspicious about the age, to see his ID. Now, this doesn't make sense in hindsight for a couple of different reasons. One, no 13-year-old has ID, typically, unless it's for a junior high school and may or may not have the date of birth. And two, the excuse that the decoy gives is looking back. Now, he was doing the best he could. 
And again, it resulted in a predator being caught. So there's very little to criticize here. But it's interesting in that, and I'll play this in a second here, he says that his ID is kept by his mother in her purse. Listen to this. Just tell me what question, but you have your ID on you? I don't have an ID on me. Sorry, I'm only 13. My mom keeps that in her purse. And then the line that becomes probably in the top 20, if not the top 10 of iconic predator lines. Jesse Velez asks, who lives here? And the decoy says, just me, my mommy, and my daddy. Who lives here? Who lives here? Oh, I live here. Me, my mommy, and my daddy. But by this point, Velez is really giving the kitchen in Fairfield, Connecticut, a hard look. And we think he spots one of the hidden cameras. Now, you have to look really hard to catch one of these things because the crew does a great job of hiding them. But if you catch it at the right angle, with the right light, you may see a lens. Now, a hundred things are going through his mind, but I get the impression that he's getting hinky and that it's now time for me to go out and confront him, which I do. Hey, Jose, how are you? I'll take a seat right over there, please. Yeah. What's happening? Nothing. Yeah? What was your plan today? Nothing, actually, just to hang out. Just to hang out? Yeah. With a 13-year-old boy. And how old are you? I'm actually 27. 27? Yes. And what do you do for a living? Me, I'm actually a manager for a restaurant. Oh, he's startled all right. And right away, he starts to tell me that he has never done this before. Sure, he meets a lot of people on Grinder, And Grinder is intended for quick hookups and male-on-male sex. But he uses it, he tells me, for something different. He uses it just to meet people, people of all ages. He's got friends who are younger, friends who are older. They hang out, they go to coffee shops. But he's never gone to a home before. Mostly, he says, because he's trying to protect his own safety. Well, not so much this day. I never meet someone at their home. That's why I, I felt weird. Even after so this is the, just one big misunderstanding. This is the, and biggest, the first time you've ever had such a I walked in someone's house, to be honest. So I would feel safe because I'm not by myself with that person. So I used to see with this person. So that's why I don't come to people's house. I'd rather meet at a sandwich shop, at a Starbucks, just so we can sit down and conversate. And he won't admit that he had any intention of having sex with the boy he thought he was talking to online. The problem, of course, with that is that the transcripts tell an entirely different story. Now, again, I didn't have all of the transcripts at the exact moment that I was confronting Jesse Velez. But let me take you inside that conversation and you be the judge. There's no disputing that this is a sexual conversation. First of all, there's the penis picture with the grinder watermark, right? And Jesse Velez says to this boy, hi, sexy. Hey, what are you up to? Not much, you, the decoy says. Home chilling, says Jesse, where are you at? What are you looking for? Decoy says he's in Fairfield and sends the picture of the location on a map. Jesse says, you close by, LOL, too. Just moved here not long ago, looking for friends. So right away, Jesse Velez gets into the sexual desire he has, top or bottom. And the decoy plays long bottom. Jesse sends the picture of his penis. 
And then right away, he's trying to figure out a meetup location. You know where St. Mary's Beach is at? Decoy, now I've been on restriction since I got here, LOL. He plays the role of a kid who might have been misbehaving and was put on lockdown by his parents. Jesse says, LOL, I was going to say, if you want to meet there and chill, I drive too. Decoy, can't get out tonight though. How old? Jesse, 25. Well, he's actually 28. I don't know why these guys say they're 25 and they're 28. What difference does it make? Like it's less suspicious that you're 25 instead of 28? Then he asks, got any more pics of you? Yeah, I'm 12, 13 on the 30th though. And here he he admits he knows this, Jesse does. Okay, you cool with that? Send more pics of you. Yeah, says the decoy. Then he wants nude pics of the boy. Dick, ass. He said, I don't do nudes anymore. Got suspended at my old school. Sorry. Okay, LOL, says Jesse. So when do you want to meet? Now he's pushing. What you trying to do? I'm Jason, by the way. So he doesn't even ask this kid his name. He's so focused on a sexual liaison. Decoy says, not really done anything with guys yet. Jesse, I get out of work tomorrow at four if you want to chill. We can do whatever you want, smiley face. I'm locked down till my dad goes out of town. You got pics? He's pushing for these pictures. Then he says, you got a nice dick? Jeez. LOL, my dad's pretty strict when he's here. When can you get out? I think he goes out of town next weekend. Not the one coming up. I can let you know. Okay, so you got a nice dick? He asks again. What does that say about Jesse Velaz? Now, he knows this kid is 12, 13. And now he's really working it hard. You let me suck it and lick your ass before I fuck it? I mean, come on. Now he's going to tell me later in the interview that he had no intent of having sex with this child? Listen to what he tells me. I was just chatting with him on and off for weeks. Yeah, I used to chat with random people on and off. I'd hang out with them. No, nothing's really sexual, to be honest. Nothing sexual? No. Yeah, usually I meet people, I hang out with them, nothing really sexual. You know, I don't even put, like, sexual things on my, like, I don't do none of that stuff. Like, I don't say, oh, yeah, let's meet up and have sex. I don't really do that. I like to meet different people, hang out with them. What is Grindr for? Honestly, I know it's for hookups. I really do know that, but I don't, I'm not all for that. Back to the transcripts here. I live alone and drive. Yeah, wish I was able to get out. Not a good idea. Let's wait till he's out of town. I don't want to get busted. Jesse, okay. Then Jesse takes it to the next level as if what he did wasn't just bad enough. More about this predator I've caught in a moment. He says, come live with me, LOL. Yeah, right. Yes. Decoy, you're kidding, right? No, LOL. Decoy asks, you live alone? Yes. How are you going to explain a 12-year-old kid living with you? I won't. No one won't find out. I'll say I'm taking care of you. Nothing sexual, LOL. Well, if things got bad, it's good to know. I got a place to go, says the decoy. Yes, you do, says Jesse. Yeah, right. Nothing sexual, LOL. Jesse demands more pics. So this goes on for, as I said, about days before Jesse actually shows up. And he's trying to make long-term plans with this boy. He's grooming him. And it sure appears from this conversation that he would be just fine having a long-term relationship with a 12, almost 13-year-old boy. And now he's in the kitchen trying to explain this all to me. Now, I'm not buying it. 
And at some point, I slide this picture over that Jesse sent of his penis to someone he thought was 12, almost 13 years old. And this is classic. Listen to this. You sent a picture of your private parts. No, I did it. I did? Yes. What's this? Sir? Let me see. Oh, my God. I did not know I even sent that. Ugh. Yeah, I did not know that. Who was right? Now, that makes no sense at all. Of course, he remembers sending. And of course, he remembers the conversation he has. But at some point, it becomes clear to me that I've gotten about as much out of Jesse Belaz as I'm going to get. And I've interviewed hundreds of these guys, as you know. So Jesse leaves, and he's taken into custody by the Fairfield PD. Oh, where's the exit? Right there, straight ahead, over there. There's nothing in your pocket, so He offers no resistance, just the same lame excuses that he has already given me. He's taken down to the police department, he's booked, photographed, and a female detective starts the interrogation, the questioning again. Generally, I'm very impressed with the Fairfield Police Department, but specifically in this investigation, and I've watched all the, the raw footage from this, the video, because I, I've learned a couple things from them. And I'm going to play the, the uh, interrogation here between the female detective and Jesse Velez. And you can see how she comes off as non-judgmental. She even says that and tries to get him just to open up and talk to her. Listen to this. Um, Jesse, what's your last name? Velez. You got through everything? Yeah. I know this is upsetting, and trust me, you know, I'm not I'm not sitting here in judgment of you. Um, I'm just trying to understand what happened today. Um, why, don't, why don't you tell me why you think you're here? Why you think you, this whole thing happened? Because uh, I was super enough to go on the app and chat with random people, and I met one of them, which unfortunately was underage. Nothing such was going to happen with any, any of them that I meet today, just hangouts or whatever. And unfortunately, I went to their house, which I shouldn't have. Jesse Velez never does come clean, except for the fact that ultimately he did plead guilty to the charges resulting from the Fairfield investigation. He got a pretty stiff sentence. He had to serve at least three years. But there was more to the Jesse Velez story, a lot more actually. It turns out that one of his jobs, besides managing a, a Jersey Mike's subway store and other fast food restaurants, was running an express cellular store, also in Connecticut, in the Bridgeport area. And we started digging into this, and it turns out that that store was robbed not once, but twice in one night, about a year before he surfaced in our investigation. It was so bizarre that Channel 7 Eyewitness News, the big news station in New York City, went out to Connecticut and covered the story. And in the coverage of the story, the reporter actually interviews Jesse Velez as the victim, as the store manager. And take a listen to the story and then listen to what Jesse says to the reporter. Last Wednesday, a burglar broke into the Mobile Express on East Main Street in Bridgeport just after midnight 
And then again, four hours later, he got away with more than two dozen smartphones and tablets valued at $3,200. It's not the whole point of the robbery. It's it's what he, what he took from me. You know, he took a lot from the store. And just to recover from that, that's going to take a while. That's just so bizarre to me. I mean, that's the station I watch here when I'm in New York City. Channel 7 Eyewitness News, the ABC-owned station. And here's Jesse Velez on it. Now, Jesse does his time. And in the course of him working his way through the court system, he does make somewhat of an apology in around 2016. And he does this on Facebook. Now, it's, to be honest with you, kind of a half-assed apology. And I'm going to share it with you here. And then you can tell me what you think. Jesse posts this on Facebook. I don't know why life happens the way it does. I know I've done some stupid shit. I'm paying for it big time. Exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. I don't want my friends to judge me in any way, but can't people understand I'm human and I screwed up and I'm not that person that I'm being portrayed to be? Come on. I just read you the transcripts. He is that person that he was portrayed to be. He goes on. This really bothers me a lot to the point I wonder why I'm still alive. Predators do this a lot. They pretend that they're the victim, that maybe they should do something damaging to themselves. Well, they did that when they tried to have sex with a child. I lost some great friends and family members because of my poor choices I made. This sucks more than anything in the world. It's like walking through the mall and everyone just stares at you, calling you names. That's how I feel sometimes. I feel like I've failed myself sometimes, but I gotta try and keep it together because life still goes on. I wake up every day wondering what will happen to me and will the worst happen or the good? I know I've disappointed my boyfriend, names him there, but I'm trying my best right now. Other people wanna look at me funny and call me names. Well, you know one thing you can do is look in the mirror and ask if bullying me is going to hurt me. Stop holding my actions against me and let me deal with it, and don't judge me based on what you read. Well, the transcripts read everything you need to know. And Jesse got what he deserved. Now, we've talked on this show about people turning their lives around, and some have. Has Jesse? That's the question. Well, I can tell you this. Jesse has been in a little bit of trouble since then since he got out after serving three years. Not quite sure what he's doing for a living right now. He's out. But he did get in trouble in 2019. He was arrested for violating his parole. Now, he was found not guilty. And I'm not sure exactly what he did. When, when you get arrested for a parole violation, it typically lists the underlying offenses for which you were found guilty. So it lists what he did or what he pleaded guilty to at Fairfield or what he was convicted of. That doesn't mean he did that again. It just means that was the underlying offense for the parole. So whatever he did, he violated parole in, in October 19th, but he was found not guilty of that in court. At that point, he asks to get off of parole. He's denied. He stays on parole. And then in 2020, he was arrested for a misdemeanor, breaching the peace. So that could have been fighting public intoxication, threats, obscene language. And as we record this episode, he is due in court in Connecticut in a few weeks. 
we'll see what happens and we will keep you posted. Some of the people with whom Jesse has worked have spoken out on social media over the years. Nothing incredible. Some people criticize his ability as a restaurant manager. I haven't seen anybody who comes up with anything significant in terms of criminal behavior. He is registered as a sex offender in Connecticut and apparently will be on that list for some time to come. There isn't a real clear record in terms of where he's living now or any contact information. Obviously, if Jesse Velez wants to come on this show and talk about what happened, I'd like to hear it. And speaking of Fairfield, remember John Dupee? Hey, boo, came over just to watch the Ravens and Steelers game. Well, that was also, by the way, in the Fairfield investigation. He got dusted up just in the last couple of weeks for violating parole. And now he's back in jail awaiting court activity, being held on almost a half million dollars bond. So it appears John's not going anywhere. Not clear what the offense was, but he's been dusted up a few times before, drug possession, things like that. No indication that he's tried to harm a child again. But he's not getting out anytime soon. The question of what happens to these guys after they're caught, after they're prosecuted, after they are written about in social media, mainstream media, is the question that is posed to me this week. This week's question comes all the way from Rio de Janeiro in Brazil. A listener named William John. Hi, Chris. This is William John from Rio, Brazil. You are probably aware that some of the predators you have caught became victim of online harassment. People would play pranks on them and catch fish them, really, making them expose themselves in usually very pathetic ways. That happened with Lauren Armstrong and also with Stanley Kendall. And then I ask you, is this okay? I mean, is this even safe? Thank you. Thank you, William, for checking in from all the way over in Rio, Brazil. I've been there a few times for stories over the years. Cool place. It's a great question as well, William. And I know exactly what you're talking about. There have been predators who become iconic and have been the targets of online harassment. Do they deserve it? I'm never going to advocate that. To me, the punishment is up to the criminal justice system. And... If they want to come on this program or any other show I do to talk about what happened and why and express how they may feel they've been unfairly treated or targeted, that's fine. And I'm happy to do that. But I do not advocate anybody ever harassing any of these people, whether it's Lauren Armstrong or the late Stanley Kendall. Sometimes they bring this onto themselves because they continue their activity or... They have substance abuse problems. And, you know, in the case of Stanley Kendall, he would engage with people and would say outrageous things and do outrageous things and send pictures. And I think if you do that and engage with somebody who's trying to target or harass you, you know, you could be somewhat responsible there yourself. In Lauren's case, you know, Lauren just keeps on stepping in it, if you will. I'm still trying to get Lauren to come on this show and talk about what happened to him and everything that's happened since. 
I do not want anybody harassing any of the predators I've caught, though. Just want to make that very clear. Thank you for listening. As always, I want to hear from you. And I appreciate all the support and questions that uh, we get here at Predators I've Caught with Chris Hansen. We're actually going to do something interesting in the next episode, I believe, which is to do an entire episode with just your questions and me addressing them, which Joe Garner, one of my producers, came up with, which I think is an excellent idea. So he and Steve Cohen and I will put that together. And the current plan, as you listen to this, will be for next week. Also, this week, depending on what day you listen to the podcast, we have a special event on Cameo. As you know, I'm on Cameo, and I enjoy the fan engagement that that platform brings. But they have a new service option program that's going to be live, where people can be a part of a Cameo event where you can sit in different areas of the audience and actually interact with me. And that's going to be Tuesday, November 9th at 8.30 Eastern Time. If you want to check that out. In the meantime, you can find me on social media, on the YouTube channel, Have a Seat with Chris Hansen, on Discovery Plus with the shows I have there. We're working on the new Predator show. It's some good progress this week. And as always, you can reach me at chris at predatorpodcast.com. I'll be watching and listening.